we have these crossroads. And you know, either way you choose, your life is going to be different. The universe doesn't exist, but God thinks it does. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Stupidity has a definite evolutionary function. I am all for abolishing stupidity, but before it goes, we should pay tribute to it. Hello and welcome to the Nonsense Bazaar. We're your hosts. I'm Sequoia Kennedy. And I'm Willow Truman. I I think I saw a UFO the other day. Yeah, me too. Yeah? Yeah. When was that? What day? Just all the time. Oh, well, they're Starlink satellites. <laughs> but last night, I was over at my parents' house. I was leaving. I'm, I live out in the middle of nowhere. The skies are clear and dark. And I saw this fucking light traveling across the sky. Not blinking or nothing. And then I swear my goddamn life it turned. Silent. Dun, dun, dun. And I was like, that fucker turned. That changed direction. It's silent shit. And that made me, I had, if the, on the off chance, the tiny chance that that was a UFO, I needed my dad to see it too. So I fucking rushed back in the house. Dad, I think there's a UFO. <laughs> he ran out. <laughs> he wanted yes. to see, you know, he did That's a good dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like right where that light had turned, we we're staring at this bright light in the sky and it wasn't moving. It wasn't moving. And I realized that that was Jupiter. And I think my parents thought I was a little crazy <laughs> because I think they think I thought Jupiter was traveling across Moving the around. Yeah. Maybe it was. I, it wasn't. I hope, I hope not. It was right <laughs> where Jupiter was supposed to be. That, that would throw a bunch of stuff off. I know. That's, that was, that'd be the weirdest possible outcome. Traveling Jupiter. And then today, when I got to your house a little while ago, I saw another fucking moving light up in the sky and I was like, there it is again. It's following me. Mm-hmm. That was definitely a Starlink satellite. I looked it up. Yeah. Yeah. I think what happened with the first one was it went like behind the trees before it started moving up. And I think what happened was it went under Jupiter and then disappeared. But I saw Jupiter when the trees started moving. Mm-hmm. And it, I thought it was Jupiter. I think it was just a Starlink satellite. I want to see a fucking UFO so goddamn bad. Saw a shooting star last night. There was a bunch of shooting stars last night. Yeah. Yeah. The Geminids. Sweet. Yeah. I'm pissed because I wanted to. I forgot it was last night. I wanted to take my like camera out and get pictures and shit. But I did not even know. I was just so pleased when I looked out the window. Hell yeah. Oh, you could see it from your window? That's sick. Mm-hmm. Damn. The point is everyone wants to see a fucking UFO. We all want to see a UFO. Come on. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us convince ourselves that we have when probably it was just a satellite or something. Probably. But, you know, it's fun. I thought for the longest time that I had seen a UFO because I was on mushrooms at the time and we were... Oh, then you totally did. Well, uh, no, I got to be honest with myself. You know, we were, <laughs> what happened? We were, we were um, carrying, we were, we were um, this graduation party, high school graduation. We were on mushrooms. It was like 2 a.m. We thought it would be the right idea, not the best idea, not a good idea, but the right idea to uh, get a bunch of tiki torches. This was a different time. Yeah. And uh, get my buddy Bryce, who had a broken ankle at the time in a, in a little red wagon. So we could we could bring him on the walk with us, go walk to our band teacher's house, say as a as a salute. Yes. So we did that. <laughs> and- oh my god! <laughs> now the way back, we were stopping for a little breather. We, we were we were good boys about it. We you know we were How silent. How did your band we teacher react? Was he even home? No, he was asleep. It was three a.m. We didn't want to wake <laughs> oh, his ass up. Oh, good lord. Okay. So we just so you just took a pilgrimage to his house then, on mushrooms. Okay. With a man in a little red wagon. 
<laughs> beautiful. It was wonderful. It was a great time. It was beautiful. I thought you were going there to be like, to say hi to him, say bye to him because you're graduating. But no, you just went to his house in the middle of the night. On mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was fun as hell. On the way back, we stopped by a field and uh, uh, looking up at the night sky, thinking about stuff, laughing, reflecting. And we saw three goddamn lights in the sky start moving. Three of them moving in sync. So they got to the other side of the field, stopped. Then one of them moved out to form a triangle and all three ah. disappeared. Right? Silent. Not flashing. That's a UFO if you're on mushrooms. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I really thought it was until like that was Jesus. I don't know how 15 fucking years ago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. But only like maybe three years ago. I found out that that odd thing is just a, it's a thing satellites can look like they're doing. Mm -hmm. So it was satellites. And I have to be honest with myself about that. I have to be honest. Satellites are pretty magical technology. Yeah, but they're not fucking UFOs. No, they're not. But because we know what they are. We can't. Still cool looking, though. Well, there's like thousands of fucking Starlink satellites. Yeah, that's assuming. the thing. It it ruins it when you know what it is. Um, it's not as cool anymore. I'm about to ruin another one. Okay. Yeah. We're talking about UFOs today. Well, clearly. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, we're talking about one of those historical UFO accounts. Um, a series of accounts, but it's mostly based on one event in particular. And that is the uh, celestial events over Germany in the 1500s. The 1561 celestial event over Nuremberg, also known as... UFO sky battles over medieval Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know the. Is it a painting? Is it a woodcut? What is it? We'll get. We'll get to that. We'll get. We'll get to that. That's, but it's a that's how I know this. Right. It's a picture of the sun with this funny little expression on his face, like it's a little sourpuss. Yeah. No, with all these wacky shapes all around it, like crosses and orbs, and this like black triangle-looking thing in the bottom. Always a black triangle. Always a black triangle. Well, that's one of the big parts. Like one of the big selling points of this picture is the black triangle. That object. Because it's such a classic fucking thing. And underneath it is this block of text that explains that on this date, on this day, the people of Nuremberg walked outside and saw all this crazy bullshit happening in the sky. It was orbs fighting each other. It literally says like fighting each other. And it's a revelation from God. It's a message, all this shit. And of course, modern UFO buffs say, well, it's not God. It's the aliens. <laughs> right. Right. But it is described as all these common shapes, as well as some very uncommon shapes too, but like rods, like the cylinder UFOs, mm -hmm. you know, the cigar shaped UFOs, orbs of different colors. Whoa. It says like one of them came down with smoke and like crashed and shit. And then it like happened again in another German city with like a very similar, similar thing, black and white orbs showing up in the sky and it's a revelation from God and all this shit. And that, it happened a couple other times where these uh, broadsheets, they were called, were printed about these types of celestial events. And this happened in like 16th century. Yes. Where 1561 is the Nuremberg mm -hmm. event. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been held up as like, yo, there's some fucking UFOs in medieval Europe. Like, look at this shit. And that looked like a fucking wacky ass UFO battle drawn by some uh, German peasants. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one that like people have a cursory uh, awareness of. Right. Like I've seen the painting, don't yeah. really know yeah. much else other than it's been, you know, speculated different reasons what why people might have seen weird things. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about today. Oh, boy. 
And like, I don't know, should I tell him I'm going to fucking, I'm going to say what really happened or should we reveal? Well, how can we ever, how can we be sure what really happened? Sure, good point. Good point. We know, we know what fucking happened. <laughs> we know what fucking happened. <laughs> but despite that, it's a really interesting, it's a really interesting series of events and I'm excited to talk about it. But first, we're going to do what we do, pull a tarot card and then we'll talk about UFOs. Celestial phenomena. Yeah. You, UCP. It's UCP now. What, what is it? UCP. I've Una, never heard that. Unidentified celestial phenomena. Whoa. A new one. We got it. It's a new one. Because are they really aerial phenomena? Yeah. Birds are fucking aerial phenomena. Celestial yeah, phenomena. That feels better to me, actually. <laughs> UAP sounds, says, feels a lot better than UCP because that's just looking at your piss. UCP. Yeah. Yeah, but UCP is sillier. That's, actually, that's it's, funny. It, that's nonsense bizarre branded. That's true. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <Not there. laughs> nice. That's Wonderful. So, that's so dumb. I love it. <laughs> this is going to be a difficult one. Yeah. Yeah. The high priestess. <laughs> <laughs> this, is yes. a, this is a thinker. This is a thinker. I don't, I don't think so. No? Okay, well, we will talk about that at the end of the episode. I'll admit. I think this makes perfect sense. D- do you? Okay, well, I'm excited to hear, hear about that then. I, I kind of have a hard time with the high priestess, I think. Not really. Mm. Ooh, okay. Now I'm thinking. Got my thinking cap on. All right, we'll talk about that at the end. So these Celestial Sky Battle UFO cases have been, they've always kind of been in my periphery, like we were talking about. You know, it's one of those, like, you're shooting the shit with your buddies about UFOs around a fire and the Narragansett lager beers are flowing like the mighty Mississippi. And you just don't give a shit about being correct about anything. You, no, you're just having fun. Yeah, you, you, you throw out one of, the, one of these, you give them the old, y'all know about that time there was like a bunch of UFOs over Germany in the Middle Ages? Yeah, there was like a swarm and they were like... The, like, newspaper said it was, like, a battle of UFOs or something. Yeah, I don't know. There's, like, this crazy picture. You know, it's how stories like that propagate. A lot of alcohol and a lot of bullshit. Yeah, and it all... That's the thing. To me, this is also, like, kind of a study in memetics. Because it... it yes, 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 yes. It's the image that holds the whole story and it's ha- why it's survived for the last 500 years. Like, it all has to do with that specific image. 
Yeah, I guess we'll, the reveal will come early. This is actually an episode about memetics and information. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that to me is like what the high priestess kind of represents too. Is like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, this yeah. feminine principle that sits at the edge of, of the, the unconscious of potential of the two pillars. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, this is, this is one of another fucking. How myths are created. Yeah. Sorry. This is just the kick we're on. We've been on it for a while. It's just what we're doing. So fuck <laughs> off. I don't care. All right. So yeah, this is like stories like that's like how stories like that propagate. And like, I think that's true for most people, just like bullshitting around a fire and shit. And it's also true that like, unless you're a scholar of the saucer, you probably have just passing knowledge that this is a thing Mm -hmm. that happened and not much else. Unless you're a fan of the History Channel, which I am from time to time. It's fun. It's good fun. I don't know if it's good, clean fun. It's dumb fun. The History Channel. I don't know. I don't have to defend myself. You know, I think that it's great. I think that it has addled one too many veterans' brains. Oh, it's incredibly dangerous. <laughs> like, it's an incredibly dangerous form just of fun. Yeah, a whole bunch of, I don't know, the History Channel is to blame for, for a whole generation of dads losing their minds. Oh, no, no. They're first against the wall. <laughs> but in the meantime... But it, if you interact with it in a certain way, it is good, clean fun. Yeah. And it's been, it's been some time since we've had some good old-fashioned History Channel clips, ain't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. When it's dangerous is when you're, like, in your Lazy Boy watching a six-hour marathon of <laughs> ancient aliens every yeah. single weekday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, here's some fucking ancient aliens for you. Germany, April 14th, <laughs> 1561. At dawn, the citizens of Nuremberg awoke to what was described in a local news flyer as a very frightful spectacle. Various strange objects were spotted in the sky, engaged in what appeared to be an aerial battle. Could they have been witnessing a close encounter? They see this incredible sight as the sun is coming up. Could they be, could they have been describing a close encounter? I love that. Yeah. So we will get in more into the specifics of that potential close encounter in a bit. But first, context. We got to have some context. Always. Got to have multiple types of context. The first context is that of the story in the modern day. Another thing that most people have a passing understanding of is that there used to be a guy called Carl Jung. I think I've heard of him. Yeah, that's right. He's, he's here too. He's another one that just shows up fucking every of everywhere. Course. Yeah, Carl Jung was spooky as fuck. This is something you know if you are in fact also spooky because he's one of those fellers like Tesla who's often used as I'm going to call it a clout shield, like respected and objectively impressive people who are also spooky as fuck. Uh, Isaac Newton writing, and kind of lost their minds. You know that's good fun too. Uh, Isaac Newton writing his like longest work on alchemy is another one they tried out. Nothing wrong with the clout shield. I use them a lot. Just be careful of how you, how you deploy it, lest you come off as insecure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unless you're hiding yourself behind all the names you know. Yeah, stop dropping names. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> or do. Or do. I don't care. But if you're not spooky, you probably know that at least that young occupies an odd place within psychology, but you might not be sure why, you know? It's like, because you kind of know, it's like, why? isn't he like a little weird? Wasn't there something weird about Carl? There's something weird about Carl, and it's because he's a spooky, spooky motherfucker, like, intensely. 
and in every way, really. I mean, like the man coined the term synchronicity for meaningful coincidences like that. He was given one of the first translations of the Nag Hammadi Codices, the first real documentation of Gnostic texts found in the modern world. You, you don't just give that to a non-spooky psychologist. Sigmund Freud doesn't get the Nag Hammadi. No. He just roll it up and rail some yip and keep talking about his mom anyway. <laughs> Carl Jung also had the idea of the collective unconscious. Jung's idea of the collective unconscious is like the software that comes pre-installed in the human psyche. Mm -hmm. It's not the stuff we pick up from personal experiences. It's not the, you know, our own personal demons and shit, but rather like a shared universal pool of themes and symbols, archetypes, right? Yes. And this collective unconscious, these archetypes are, they're basic characters that, that make up the storylines of the basic human experience, right? Popping up across cultures and all different cultures, all different times, templates for things like the hero, the mother... The trickster, the wise old man, you know, the shadow, primal figures you find in myths, fairy tales, and exactly. modern movies and books. Yeah. The collective unconscious was a groundbreaking idea because he suggested that he's, these archetypes are not learned from culture. It's not that you don't have the image of the hero in your head because you read too many comic books. It's not that the comic books and the stories imprinted on you. Mm -hmm. It's that these basic stories are imprinted in our DNA and unfold out and create the media that reflects it back. Yes. Right? But yeah, and the collective unconscious is like the shared psychological realm. It's where we can all interact with these things that we all can interact with, right? Um, and from like time to time, he... It's hard to tell if like whether Young... Like it, it seems like he vacillated forth. I haven't read a lot of Young. I will just... Let me just say that. I am very limited knowledge of what the dude actually said. Mm -hmm. But it seems to me... If I'm recalling correctly, he kind of vacillated. And it's kind of hard to tell whether he really thought that it was like this literal shared other realm that you could like access with other people. Right. Or that it was just stories imprinted in DNA. Right. Like a code. Right. Like I've never quite been able to tell where he like landed on that. I guess it doesn't matter because who the fuck knows, you know, and he's just some dead guy too, you know. But related to Carl Jung's idea of archetypes in the collective unconscious was his huge interest in UFOs. He wasn't like chasing saucers, trying to find out where they where they landed in the desert and collecting right. Not exotic a very metamaterials. materialist perspective on it. No, his interest was in UFOs as messengers of the collective unconscious. And Young's interest in UFOs only grew as he got older. One of the very last books he published was called Flying Saucers, A Modern Myth of Things Seen in the Skies, published in 1958. And this is the book that inserted the uh, UFO sky battles of the 1500s into the Flying Saucer zeitgeist. So uh, I have a quote here from Jung's book, Flying Saucers. Jung writes, Plate 6, Nuremberg Broadsheet, 1561. This broadsheet relates the story of a very frightful spectacle seen by numerous men and women at sunrise on April 14th, 1561. They saw globes of a blood-red, bluish, or black color, or plates in large numbers near the sun, some three in a row, now and then four in a square, and also some standing alone. And amongst these globes, some blood-colored crosses were seen. Moreover, there were two great tubes, three in the picture, in which three, four, and more globes were to be seen. They all began to fight one another. This went on for about an hour. Then they all fell, as one sees in the picture, from the sun and sky down to the earth as if everything were on fire, then it slowly faded away on the earth, producing a lot of steam. 
Underneath the globes was a long object shaped like a great black spear. Naturally, this spectacle was interpreted as a divine warning. Now, already you can see how this would get flying saucer enthusiasts fucking all fired. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But Young continues. This report, as the reader will have noted, contains certain details already known to us. Above all, the tubes, which are analogous to the cylindrical objects in the UFO reports. These, in UFO language, are the motherships, which are said to carry the smaller, lens-shaped UFOs for long distances. The picture shows them in operation, releasing UFOs or taking them on board. Oh, now we're really cooking with fucking gas. Whoa. Now we're going for it, yeah. Motherships. That's a lot of psychology just packed into... And where does the mothership <laughs> concept. come from? Well, well, actually, Young continues. There also seems to be a hint of the three plus one motif in the dilemma of three and four. The militaristic interpretation is as characteristic of the 16th century as the technological one is of ours. The tubes are cannons and the globes cannonballs, and the shooting to and fro of the globes is an artillery engagement. The great black spearhead, as well as the spear shafts, seem to represent the masculine element, <laughs> especially in its penetrating capacity. <laughs> Similar things are reported in the UFO literature. The emphasis on the cross motif is striking. The Christian meaning of the cross can hardly be considered here since we are dealing with a natural phenomenon, a swarm of round objects in a violent motion, shooting in opposite directions and reminding the reporter of a battle. If the UFOs were living organisms, one would think of a swarm of insects rising with the sun, not to fight one another, but to mate and celebrate the marriage flight. Hmm. Oh, shit. Is Carl Jung saying UFOs are themselves alive? Are we giving them life? <gasps> well, I don't... Or are they a different thing? What... I don't know. See, the thing about Carl Jung is he's kind of fucking difficult. And I definitely think that a lot of people wouldn't have internalized the way he ends this section the same way... They would internalize what seems to be Carl Jung talking about motherships and shit. This is the way he ends it. Here, the cross signifies a union of opposites, vertical and horizontal, a crossing. As a plus sign, it is also a joining together, in addition, where the globes are coupled together to form quaternities, they have given rise to the crossed marriage quaternio, which I have discussed in my Psychology of the Transference. It forms the model for the primitive cross-cousin marriage, but is also an individuation symbol, the union of the four. Columns of smoke rise up from the place where the cannonballs have fallen, reminding us of Tangai's picture. The moment of sunrise, the aurora consurgis, suggests the revelation of the light. Both reports have clear analogies not only with one another, but also with the modern saucer stories and with the individual products of the unconscious today. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't just... That just doesn't hit as hard to the average reader as the imminent Swiss psychologist writing the word mothership, you know. It, it hits to me. It, hit, it really hits to me. Yeah, yeah. Regardless, this book was published at a time when flying saucers were all the fucking rage, and it inserted the story of the sky battle into Nuremberg into the UFO zeitgeist through, like, Eric Von Daniken and all these other authors reporting on this thing. Context 2. Nuremberg, 1561. What the fuck is a Nuremberg anyway? What do you know about Nuremberg? The, the, the trials. The tri the rallies, the trials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a reason why, yeah, like the, if, if you don't know what we're talking about in World War II, the Nuremberg, well, prior to World War II, Hitler had a lot of rallies in Nuremberg. That's where all the fucking, the marches and the bullshit with the flags and the fashion show and shit, you know, that old song and dance. That's where they tried those fuckers too at the end of the war. Why? Because Nuremberg has a lot of 
symbolic weight. Going back to the Holy Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Fun place. I like the Holy Roman Empire. Uh, so the imperial free city of Nuremberg in the 15, in the 16th century was a vibrant hub in the Holy Roman Empire, famed for its artists, craftsmen, and a flourishing trade. It, it was another fucking one of those like idea melting pots, like, um, you know, Amsterdam during the Dutch golden age and like Prague and shit. Yes. Right. Um, during what was called the Northern Renaissance, a period marked by a resurgence in art, literature, education, thinking, new ideas and shit. As referenced in our episode on Rudolf II, also, the Voltaire quote about the Holy Roman Empire was that it was neither holy nor Roman, nor was it an empire. Nope. It was one of the most chaotic political structures there's kind of ever been. The empire was a patchwork of territories with like varying degrees of allegiance to the emperor and the Catholic Church. And so there's just like all these different strains popping up and the Habsburgs having jaws and shit. It's chaotic. It's chaotic. And as an imperial free city, Nuremberg had a degree of autonomy that other cities didn't have. This status allowed it to become like a real center of trade, culture, and, you know, religious reforms and shit. It also placed the city in a pretty precarious position vis-a-vis the broader power struggles of the empire. What's that? The city in The Witcher 3. Novigrad is like a lot like um, Nuremberg. Novigrad and The Witcher 3. It's like a free city. There's all these religious struggles going on. People are getting burned sometimes. Weird things. There's a lot of intrigues. All right. Now, how many fucking times have we talked about the printing press on this show? A lot. We'll never stop talking about it. Yeah, and it's going to happen a lot more because guess what? Information technology is insanely important for everything. And it's like pre-internet internet. Yeah. 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 That's exactly what. We're I mean, kind. that's kind of how I think of it. But yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And like we're going to see right now how it's very much that. Johannes Gutenberg's invention of the printing press a century prior in, I think it's Mainz. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Nuremberg on the other side of the Rhine. Not hop, skip, and a jump, but relatively speaking, it's Europe. It's all small. It's in the same kind of quadrant of Germany. And his 1455 printing of 180 copies of the 42-line Gutenberg Bible just just utterly fucked the power structures that had been placed that had been in place at the time. Imagine that's all it takes. It just it fucked. It destroyed the arc of history as it was supposed to have continued. Yep. Like. <laughs> Like, that's inspiring. It's the craziest shit that has ever happened. Like this dude just started printing information, just destroyed everybody's, everybody's plans. Yeah. Fucked them all to hell. Mostly the Catholic church. Yeah. That's essentially the power structures. Why? How? Because a motherfucker could read the Bible now and didn't have to rely on the clergy reading and interpreting it for them. Right? Like a big difference between... Catholicism and Protestantism is that the Catholic belief is that it has to be handed down. Like the the knowledge has to be carefully tended and, you know, read and interpreted for the common people. Whereas Protestantism is like, we can fucking read. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't, we will eventually talk about UFOs. <laughs> so the printing press led directly to old Martin Luther hammering his list of grievances to the church door in Wittgenstein in 1515. Mm-hmm. The Lutheran church. Yeah. The, uh, the Protestant Reformation. Yes. That's what it started. Something that we've talked about a lot on this show. Because it's fucking crazy, It's dude. really important it's to history. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> the 1500s go off. They really do, say. dude. It's, it's fucking nuts. It's just, it's batshit. It's yeah. just batshit insane. So the key thing to understand about Protestantism versus Roman Catholicism is that the common people could read and interpret the Bible for themselves. Prior to this time, you could not do that. Yeah, you had to rely on, you know, the clergy to do yeah. that for you. You know that whole thing about, like, sitting by a fucking fire and, like, 
Saying, I wonder what happens out there in space. I wonder what it all means. You're stoned, you're drinking Narragansett Lager beers, you're having a good time. Yeah, like that kind of, but not like, they had the idea that you had to have a priest read the Bible to you. Mm-hmm. You couldn't just read and go, huh, that's not actually what it says. Well, that's weird. That's a lot of power. That's like a lot, a lot of power that the common people say, hey, we can do that now. Fuck, you can't, you can't, you don't get to have a monopoly on telling us what happens after we die. The older guys before you who wrote this thing get to have it still, but like, not you. Right. Yeah. Now anyone can be an expert on the most important subject in the world, which is the Bible. Uh, in their own minds, at least, they can be an expert. Isn't it funny how revolutions in information technology just do the same fucking thing over and over and over? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's neither a good or bad thing. It just is, and it's unstoppable. It fucked up uh, the Catholic Church's ability to hold complete dominance over Europe, but it also created fucking chaos. Just sheer nonsense everywhere. Because now the goddamn one-eyed cobbler who lives down the lane knows how to read. He's read the Bible, and boy, oh boy, does he have opinions on (laughs) metaphysics and eschatology. (laughs) Especially eschatology. It's you. You're the one-eyed cobbler. I'm not the one-eyed cobbler. You have two eyes. Yeah, I have four eyes. (laughs) Essentially, the Protestant Reformation led to a decentralization of Christianity, especially in the Holy Roman Empire, which was, again, neither holy nor Roman nor an empire. And the city of Nuremberg had officially adopted Lutheranism in 1525. Which is a big deal. Like, that's not even that long. That's a, a hundred years after the invention of the printing press. You've got this free city um, adopting a type of Christianity, which might as well be a totally different religion. Mm-hmm. As, you know, in terms of how it matters to the people, right? Like, how, how could you even have a religion that didn't have Jesus? You know what I mean? Like, they weren't exposed to other, other religions. Right. Other faiths, yeah. So it was a huge deal that only 100 years afterwards, this this city had a, less than 100 years, 1525, like 10 years after Martin Luther nailed the fucking list of demands to the uh, to the church door, like fucking 75 years after the invention of the printing press. Crazy shit. And so it became a real hotspot for Protestant thought, a kind of intellectual front line in the struggle between Protestantism and Catholicism. Also... The 16th century saw a proliferation of natural philosophy, which was what existed before science and magic split and went their separate ways. Alchemy, grimoires, spooky geometry, etc., etc., were all being developed at the same time as the groundwork was being laid physics, mathematics, engineering, etc., etc. Culture was flourishing. Knowledge of all these different types was flourishing. Nuremberg was buzzing with intellectuals and artists. They were known for precision craftsmanship, clocks, and scientific instruments. Oh, yeah. Remember yeah. Rudolph II was, like, obsessed with clocks? Yeah, and this isn't even Prague. This is... Yep. Yeah. And it reflected a burgeoning interest in, like, understanding the natural world through observation and mechanics. hmm Like, there's this whole theme of, oh, my God, I can try and figure this out on my own, right? Like, that's that's what's happening, right? The art scene was influenced by the likes of Albrecht Dürer, a native son of Nuremberg. His works, combining detailed realism with religious and classical themes, epitomized the Renaissance spirit. This was a time when humanism was also gaining ground. The idea that humans could understand and shape their world, which is, that's the whole fucking vibe. Mm-hmm. And we talked about secular humanism last week. Fuck those guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but humanism, um, yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole vibe is one of individual common people having crazy fucking ideas and a means to disseminate them and, and act on them. Sort of kind of reminds me of something. Can't quite put my finger on it. Ah, it's probably nothing. 
with all these new ideas from fucking Joe Schmo, the Schmogenstein, the cobbler, created an atmosphere of uncertainty, excitement, and complete fucking chaos, especially in Nuremberg, the hub of the so-called Northern Renaissance, which led to... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I did notice that the word blood was used a lot <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the yeah, description. Dude. Yeah. For like what the celestial phenomenon that that occurred. Yeah. Everything was like described as blood colored, blood red. I'm like, that's a choice. Dude, so that's the thing. The people in Nuremberg and in the Holy Roman Empire, like around here, that weren't like what what year was uh Rudolph was Rudy? <sighs> Six around sixteen hundred, because uh D and Kelly. This was that was after this. I don't recall exactly. I believe it was after this. Yeah, yeah, because it was John D and Edward Kelly were around at the same time, so it was yeah, not much after, not much long after. Yeah, fifteen seventy six to sixteen twelve. Yeah, so this is like right. right before Rudolph II. These are the conditions that created Rudolph II. Yeah, he was born fifteen fifty two. Yeah. Okay. Heralded the coming of Rudolph. Yeah, this is when he was, uh, when all this was happening was when he was like a little boy living with his fucked up cousin that was like killing people. No, he gets born the year after this. This, yeah. uh, 15, oh no, 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 he was born, wait. 1552, so he would have been like. So yeah, this is right, he's in fucking Spain during this time, right? I believe so. Yeah, 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 so he's not even seeing this shit. (laughs) No. (laughs) He's seeing this other weird shit. Along with all this, all these revolutions and thought and art and shit, there's also a lot of apocalyptic thinking because again like this is the whole this is the world as it's been as people know just fucking breaking apart Mm -hmm. anytime there's like a major change actually basically at any point in history you'll find some group that believes that the end of the world is imminent well but there's a pattern of information technology advance information technology advances and it just fucking throws shit into chaos and there's a lot of apocalyptic thinking that rises out out of that Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, there was a lot of like references to blood and crosses and cannonballs and fire and all this shit. Yeah. It's like people were also, you know, getting sometimes they got burned and shit. Like there was, uh, I forget what year the uh, Anabaptist uprising in uh, Hamburg happened, but that was real. That was brutal. Up. That was crazy. Yes, we've we've all heard that episode of Dan Carlin. <laughs> yes. That happened in 1534. That, okay. So this is right after fucking. Some actor just takes totalitarian control of fucking Hamburg. <laughs> just, we have to do. We have to tell that story someday. Oh yeah! Holy shit! Go listen to the hardcore history uh, episode, "Prophets of Doom," for the craziest shit you've ever heard in your life. Yeah, so this is right after that, and everyone people thought they were living in the end times, and this mindset made people hyper attentive to omens and signs in the natural world. Mm-hmm including unusual phenomena in the sky. And what's more, the whole vibe of anyone can read the Bible and find out the meaning for themselves led to a sort of background vibe of anyone can read the signs and omens and interpret it themselves. Anyone can be a preacher now. Yeah, and oh boy, howdy, did they read those signs and omens. Mm-hmm. So it's often said that the sky battle over Nuremberg was reported on in the newspaper. As <laughs> if... Were there newspapers? <laughs> well, would that even give it more credibility? No, yeah. because we also have talked about that on this show, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. exactly what happened when newspapers first started, which yeah, is, yeah, oops, yeah. everybody's printing propaganda. But here's the thing. You will see that this was in the newspaper all over the place. The first newspaper wasn't uh, printed until 1605. What this was reported on was by 
how this was reported was by on something called a broadsheet. A broadsheet was a woodcut image with text underneath it. It's a big old image with a bunch of text underneath it. Like It's a meme. It's a fucking meme. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Like, except much, much weirder, you know? Because broadsheets weren't produced with, like, an editorial board or even anything remotely resembling journalism. Like, yeah, it was precursors to the modern newspaper. Like, that's like saying that fucking Chuck Berry was a precursor to Grimes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's true. It's true. But if someone was trying to listen to Grimes, you put on Chuck Berry, it's not going to work. You know? It's I wouldn't be displeased, thing. but it's not what what I was expecting. I should... It, if you someone's trying to listen to Chuck Berry and you put on Grimes, they'll kick your fucking ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can insert whoever you want into that analogy. B.B. King and Death Grips. How's that for you internet meme-loving people? I just used the first shit that came into my head. I, I like it. Yeah. But if you don't believe me, here's um another History Channel poll. The Sun. This entire event becomes memorialized in a broadsheet. Now, a broadsheet in the 16th century was literally a newspaper. Wait a minute. Broadsheet. Wait a minute. What did, he, what did he say? He said it was a 16th century newspaper. Yeah. Broadsheet. No. Now, a broadsheet in the 16th century was literally a newspaper. Fucking literally. Th- fucking thanks, it's History literally Channel. literally not. It's literally not a fucking newspaper. I, I heard that. I was just like. How dare you, That's sir. brazen, even for them. I don't know. Wow. A broadsheet is the uh, it's the sheet that I lay down on my bed before I fuck a broad, <laughs> so we don't make a big wet sloppy mess. It's the it's the sheet I had printed with uh, my ex wife Tammy's face. <laughs> <laughs> Point is, it wasn't literally a fucking newspaper, dude. Broadsheets were much more like tabloids. If they're kind of like not if they're anything, they're more like tabloids, but not even like Daily Mail, more like the Daily Star. Right. Mm-hmm. Like like if the Daily Star had a bastard child with the con- a bastard love child, with the concept of Internet memes. But that child also just happened to be like randomly artistically talented. For <laughs> you know, the recessive genes. Yes. Broadsheets are also usually done by one motherfucker. And the motherfucker who did the Nuremberg UFO broadsheet was a feller by the name of Hans Glazer. He's mostly known for this one, but it wasn't the only broadsheet he produced. Glazer worked printing broadsheets in Nuremberg from 1540 until his death in 1573. In 1553, Glazer moved his workshop from Nuremberg proper, like downtown, to the immediate vicinity of the parish church of St. Lawrence. So he moved his shit right up next to the church. At the time, as we mentioned, the city of Nuremberg had officially converted to Lutheranism. But the artworks, as well as the saint-referencing name of the St. Lawrence church, were preserved along with its fantastic and highly complex Gothic sculpture and carvings. Hans Glazer moved his workshop right next door in 1553, suggesting a pretty tight relationship with the church, or at the very least, a pretty religious worldview, or angling for a good relationship with the church. And it was here that Hans Glazer crafted the weather report that would mindfuck the world for hundreds of years. All right, so the broadsheet was printed April 14th, 1561. It's sometimes reported that it was printed in 1566, but as far as I can tell, that seems to not actually be true. The image on the woodcut shows disaffected, bored-looking sun surrounded by all sorts of shapes, orbs, crosses, a big black triangle arrow thingy, black triangles, as we all know, really get the people going. Even though it's like really more of a spear shape, but it, it, it has... Well, it kind of looks like two tri- yeah. black yeah, triangles. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Anyway, here is the full text of the broadsheet. Willow, if you please. 
Sorry, it's a lot. In the morning of April 14th, 1561, at daybreak, between 4 and 5 a.m., a dreadful apparition occurred on the sun. And then this was seen in Nuremberg in the city, before the gates and in the country, by many men and women. At first there appeared in the middle of the sun two blood-red semicircular arcs, just like the moon in its last quarter. And in the sun, above and below on both sides, the color was blood. Like, that's not a color. It's it's kind of a color. Crimson. It has a color, but blood is not the name of a color. Blood red. That's a thing people say. There stood a round ball of partly dull, partly black ferrous color. Likewise, there stood on both sides and as a Taurus about the sun, such blood red ones and other balls in large number, about three in a line and four in a square, also some alone. In between these globes there were visible a few blood-red crosses, between which there were blood-red strips becoming thicker to the rear. (laughs) 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 And in front, malleable like the rods of reed grass, which were intermingled among them, two big rods, (laughs) one on the right, the other to the left. Um... And within the small and big rods, there were also, there were three, also four and more globes. Oh my God. Globes within rods. I know. Um, These all started to fight amongst themselves so that the globes, which were first in the sun, flew out to the ones standing on both sides. Thereafter, the globes standing outside the sun and the small and large rods flew into the sun. Besides the globes flew back and forth among themselves and fought vehemently with each other for over an hour. And when the conflict in and again out of the sun was was most intense, they became fatigued to such an extent that they all, as said above, fell from the sun down upon the earth as if they all burned, and then they wasted away on the earth with immense smoke. After all this, there was something like a black spear, very long and thick-sided. The shaft pointed out to the east, the point pointed west, Whatever such signs whatever such signs mean, God alone knows. Although we have seen shortly one after another many kinds of signs on the heaven which are sent to us by the Almighty God to bring us to repentance. We still are, unfortunately, so ungrateful that we despise such high signs and miracles of God, or we speak of them with ridicule and discard them to the wind, in order that God may send us a frightening punishment on account of our ungratefulness. After all, the God-fearing will by no means discard these signs, but will take it to heart as a warning of their merciful Father in heaven, who will mend their lives and faithfully beg God that he may avert his wrath, including the well-deserved punishment on us, so that we may temporarily hear and perpetually there live as his children. For it, may God grant us his help. Amen. By Hans Glazer, Letter Painter of Nuremberg. Nuremberg. <laughs> yeah, that that took a turn there, huh? Whoa. <laughs> that took a fucking real turn. So a bunch of crazy shit happened in the sky. By the way, if you have anything that, that you feel guilty about. Repent, son. Repent now. Repent now. It's happening. Hmm. So it should be stated this is the only account of the event there is. We only have Hans Glazer's word to go on. It's the only one we need. <laughs> Does it from a medium that was known to condense, sensationalize, and propagandize? But he wouldn't have written it if no one saw anything, right? I don't know. Maybe well, he over a, over a big city, right? You know, he, they'd be like, "I was outside." Get, but it was at, between four and five a.m. 
Sunrise. People, well, yeah, people, people got were up. up. It's, this, yeah. is, this is before the labor movement. I know. <laughs> the picture needs to be talked about, though. Drawing it all in one frame would suggest that all this shit happened at once. But according to Glazer's account, it didn't, right? Mm-hmm. It happened in stages. Yeah, like the sun opened up and there were these rods and yeah, pillars. Yeah, the, there was and... rods and pillars and balls that started swarming and then pulled back into the sun as if they were fighting and shit. And then and fell. Then, and then fell. Turned into smoke. Steam. As if it was smoke, but steam. And then at the end, there was these two, or there was this spear, a giant triangle with the ass end towards the sun and the point pointing away. If that all happened at once, like that'd be fuck. Yeah, that'd be fucking whack. And it's still kind of whack. It's a wild, it must have been a hell of a goddamn thing to see. Just imagining it is insane. Yeah. Yeah. And here's some more history channel. God is punishing us. God is blessing us. Go repent. Go to church. It's interesting to read the Nuremberg description because it is written with religious iconography in mind. They talk about crosses seen in the sky on the previous day during that sighting. Now, what we might think of as a fuselage with wings might have appeared as a cross to people who <laughs> saw religious symbolism constantly in their everyday life. It's difficult to imagine how these things might have appeared, but it's certainly possible that if these were to appear in the sky today, we would describe them quite differently. Could the people of Nuremberg have actually witnessed a battle between warring alien factions? An event eerily similar to the one written about in the Bhagavad Gita over 3,000 years earlier. Whoa. Well, <laughs> we just talked about that. We sure did. We just talked about that. I wonder what they're going to say. I don't... I don't really remember that part in the the Bhagavad Gita. Did we talk about UFOs at all? Let's see what they let's see what they have to say. Let's hear what they have. Let's see. And if not, what else would explain the vivid accounts of luminous globes and blood red crosses appearing in the sky? Wait. Throughout the Middle Ages, visions of strange happenings were often attributed to God or to the. Oh, you're just not going to elaborate on that, huh? You're just going to say some shit about something that happened in the Bhagavad Gita that didn't happen in the Bhagavad Gita, and then you're just not going to elaborate on that, huh? Yes. Fuck because nobody friend. watching that is going to go and read Dude, Bhagavad Gita. but they will fucking say that shit when they're sitting around a goddamn campfire drinking They'll repeat gadgets. it because it sounds it. smart and cool. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. That does not happen in the Bhagavad Gita. They're referring to something else that happened. I don't know if it's in the Mahabharata or if it's in another of the uh, of the Vedas. Um, a thing that's often pointed to of like uh, Krishna dropping a fucking spear that explodes with a bunch of power. And then they say they found the radiation there now and shit. It's, it's, you know, more bad literary analysis. But no, there's whoever wrote that script has never eaten psychedelics. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Misinterpreting the revelation of Krishna's UFOs. Get the fuck out. I'm pissed. I'm pissed. They know exactly what they're doing. I know. So what do you what do you think about all that? About all of what? What do they see? What happened? Uh, they saw I don't know. Some some clouds <laughs> and, <laughs> the, and the sun and some light refracting. Well, okay. I don't know. How about if I told you that in fifteen sixty six another broadsheet was published? This time about an event in Basel, Switzerland, by a feller named uh, Samuel Cacius. Cacius, you say? Or Cacius? Cacius. Cacius. Samuel Cacius. Willow, if you please. Uh, it happened 1566, three times, on the 27th and 28th of July and on August 7th, against the sunrise and sunset. 
that's interesting that all of these are like at either sunrise or sunset like yeah yeah um we saw strange shapes in the sky above basil basil during the year 50 we know during the year 1566 on the 27th of july after the sun had shone warm on the clear bright skies and then around 9 p.m it suddenly took on a different shape and color first the sun lost all its radiance and luster and it was no bigger than the full moon and finally it seemed to weep tears of blood and the air behind him went dark and he was seen by all the people of the city and countryside in much the same way also the moon which has been almost full and has shone through the night, assuming an almost blood-red color in the sky. The next day, Sunday, the sun rose at about six o'clock and slept, and slept with the same appearance it had when it was lying before. He lit the houses, streets, and around, as if everything was blood-red and fiery. At the dawn of August 7th, we saw large black spheres coming and going with great speed and precision before the sun and chattered as if they had led to f- a fight." as if they had led a fight. Many of them were fiery red and soon crumbled and then extinguished. So red and black orbs, spheres just flying around the sky. And that wasn't the only one. There were a whole bunch of broadsheets from around the same era describing eerily similar events to the ones in Nuremberg and Basel. More of the same. You know, orbs over Germany. Orbs over Nuremberg would be a great name for like a British post-punk band. Like, Like one of them where it's really hard to tell if they're actually Nazis or just depressed. Yeah, like, like, yes. Orbs over Nuremberg is the name that the band that uh, came after Joy Division in the alternate universe where they didn't start doing a bunch of ecstasy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Again, all these celestial events were reported on by broadsheets around the same time, but not the exact same time in the same part of the world where, as we have established, Joe Schmogenstein, the cobbler, is having a lot of wild and crazy ideas with his buddy old Timmy, the lazy eyed gravedigger. And again, we're entirely different versions of Christianity, which may as well be entirely different religions, except they're all heretics to each other, were vying for power in an economic gold mine that was digging itself out of the shit of the Middle Ages. Let's take a look at our own modern version of the broadsheet. Okay. Yeah. Willow, I'd like you to read this. Read the headline, read the subtitle, read the whole thing. It's sure, it's from the sun. So don't worry, it's not. It, it's easier and probably shorter than those two block quotes I just had you read. Okay. Oh, this. Okay. Yeah. It's a rod with orbs in it. Yeah, and, and and. Okay. You know, not just you, but everyone really listen to what's this going is from on here. December of 2021. Yeah. Back to the Future brothers freaked out after spotting bizarre tube-shaped UFO hovering over their back garden. A pair of brothers have been left freaked out after they spotted a bizarre tube-shaped UFO hovering over their back garden. They spotted the the peculiar object floating in the sky and yesterday posted pictures to social media. People on Reddit believe it looks like the Nuremberg UFO painting. They wrote on Reddit under the name Massacre YKS. We stargaze, like to take amateur pictures of the sky, etc. I posted this on another thread and he said as the night mode was used to take the picture. It keeps the shutter open longer, and this is most likely a plane with two lights along the side and flashing red light in the center. The camera shutter stayed open long enough to capture the middle light flashing. Baffled social media users soon rushed to give their two cents on the strange images. Why is this newsworthy? (laughs) One wrote, the long thing looks like a satellite in low earth orbit. 
It would need to be pretty low to be seen so clearly, but it's not all that unusual to see satellites after dark since the sun would be reflecting on them. The only thing I find strange is that it's so low that you can make it out quite well. The other lights could be stars. A second added, hmm, you know what's happening is we're living in 2021 and everyone in the universe is arriving to see our extinction. <laughs> One user even went so far as to speculate that the UFO may be similar to those allegedly spotted in 1561 and documented in the Nuremberg UFO painting. The person said, looks very similar to the objects in the Nuremberg UFO paintings of the sighting they had in 1561. The Nuremberg painting was published in newspapers. <laughs> in April 1561 and is thought to depict a mass sighting of UFOs. End of the fucking article. In newspapers. In newspapers. Also, the head And then at the bottom, there's a, like an unrelated video that's just a bunch of brain scans and it says that the tagline is, I test the brains of people who say they've had a UFO encounter. <laughs> These are the symptoms they display. <laughs> and it's like, a pair of brothers have been left freaked out after they spotted a bizarre tube-shaped UFO hovering over their back garden. They didn't seem very freaked out. No, they didn't seem freaked out at fucking all. They, 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 they post a pic of a plane. They say it's a plane. They said it's a plane. And then the tabloid turns it into content. Now, it's a little less of a religious bent, but it still pushes for excitement, engagement, and below-the-surface fear. And including that whole fucking comment about, oh, they're here to see our extinction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same shit. It's the same goddamn fucking thing. <sighs> the same goddamn fucking thing. It's just filling space. Yeah, it's just fucking noise. It's just, it's nonsense. It's fucking stupid. It's in so infuriatingly stupid. Man. Yeah. I'm pissed. I know. Like I'm not. I'm not really. It's just, it's just all such a fucking waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> so, at this point, well, there's probably two questions that should be asked. What the fuck was actually seen over Nuremberg and Basel and all that? And if it was happening all the time, why hasn't it happened since cameras were around? It has. Simply has. As to what the fuck it be? Sun dogs, dog. The sun dogs. Sun dogs. Sun dogs. That's yeah. adorable. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was Sundogs. And it's, this comes from uh, Frank Johnson on ancientaliensdebunked.com by way of the Wayback Machine. Actually, let's see if I can find... I'm going to paste the link to this because you should look at the page and see the Sundogs. I um, would like to. While you read the quote, I will find that page. Sundogs are weird looking enough to make it seem that something really odd is going on in the sky. But a sundog is basically Earth's atmosphere or ice in the upper parts of the sky acting as a prism or a reflective device and making the light from the sun or moon do wacky and sometimes zany things. And Nuremberg had perfect conditions for this to occur. Sundogs and the phenomenon that often occurs with them were also seen with religious significance back in olden times. Spelt with a Y, times. In fact, one of the first sundog sightings we know of was depicted in a famous painting called Vader Solstavlin, and it was interpreted as an omen of God's forthcoming revenge on King Gustav Vasa for having introduced Protestantism in the 1520s. Very often these woodcuts, some of which are obviously depicting sundogs, are interpreted as messages from God, often because of the crosses in the middle of the sun. God is said to be telling them to do all kinds of things. In fact, the Nuremberg woodcut, which we are talking about today, was interpreted as meaning they should go to war with the Turks. <laughs> I posted that link. Just scroll down till he has the collection of pictures. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. 
I mean, if I saw that, yeah, that, dude, I would do. I would feel. It's fucking wild. Yeah, it's wild looking shit. Like for real. And like, all right. So what about the orbs and rods and fucking big black tri- big black triangles? I hear you yelling as you drive your car into oncoming traffic. Yeah, no, son does that. Son just does that. Yeah, uh, Johnson has on that post a veritable slew of photos of sun dogs right next to broadsheets and woodblock prints that clearly, undeniably show the same goddamn fucking shapes. They're really cool. Yeah, they are, dude. They're wicked fucking cool. You got red orbs. I'll post um, some pictures uh, on our Instagram. That's what what I'll do. They're really cool. They're really fucking cool. Yeah, they undeniably show the same goddamn fucking shapes. You got red orbs, you got black rods, shadows. When it's like the sun is like right at fucking cloud level, it does crazy shit. And there's one wild photograph of a giant black triangle shadow covering the sky. Let's get one goddamn thing straight here. If you saw this sky fuckery back in 1561, you would be shitting your fucking pants right next to Gravedig and Timmy. There's like a cloud that looks like um, a sword. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight up. You would absolutely believe that these were signs from God. You would think the curtain was closing, the trumpets of revelation were about to start blaring, someone needs to fucking die. (laughs) What is happening? And then you'd buy a broadsheet to commemorate this crazy-ass bullshit you just saw, because you you can't take a photo and you realize that the man upstairs still hasn't remembered you exist, so you want a little keepsake, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, no, no, the explanation's kind of boring, right? But I think the whole affair is really fucking interesting, because to me, what it what it's really about is a relationship with information and information technology and changing times and shit. Uh, again, I know we've been on this kick forever, but it's a really important kick because it shows, again, how our relationship with information technology affects our relationship with spirituality, religion, our worldviews, and the stories we tell ourselves and each other about reality. It's not about the people of Nuremberg. Like, something fucking crazy did happen there, right? And it's, re- it's not that something visited those people it's that those people poured out something fucking nuts Mm. right that's what we see and that broadsheet is a reflection of that and you see again how people reference uh apocalyptic thinking with regards to ufos how tabloids do that the whole meme of fucking oh we're we're living in the end of the world right right, right? this crazy thing that you don't understand just happened right before your eyes and you have no idea how to integrate it into your worldview exactly we're going to tell you exactly what it was exactly i mean (laughs) you know we're we're fucking you know uh the 80 years have some something around there i don't fucking know anymore from the end of world war ii from the invention of computing right we're 30 years into the invention of the internet yeah dude she's whack as fuck Swag as fuck right now. Because that's yeah. what always happens. Because everyone's an expert. Everyone can have all these crazies. Yeah, they can do a lot of thinking. They can do a whole lot of thinking. And it also shows the reverberation that small, discrete interests can have in how reality is portrayed and shaped. Not just in the present, but in a rippling feedback effect through the future. Right. right. And also, like, we also see how things get compressed in time. Like, as as time passes, events and things get compressed, just like the sequence of events described over Nuremberg gets compressed into one image, right? We don't necessarily remember the whole progress of everything, the whole vibe of the whole culture of the time and the, how everyone was yelling about the goddamn apocalypse. Everyone was seeing all sorts of signs everywhere. There was alchemists, there was wizards, there was goddamn Protestants, Lutherans, all sorts of crazy fuckers. Some act, 24-year-old fucking pretty boy actor just took over a goddamn city. 
It was making people leave their doors open. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fucking logo that was a goddamn globe with a sword stuck through it. It was insane. It was fucking crazy. And I know for a goddamn fact that people have seen weird shit in the sky that isn't sun dogs. Mm-hmm. In this case, it is. This isn't really a UFO story. Those motherfuckers thought it was God and the angels in the fucking end times, but with our same tendencies towards engaging. That's what a lot of people still think. But yeah. Yeah, because that's what they don't. Uh, d- yeah. With our same tendencies and towards engaging in marketable material. Look back. At, we look back at that shit. It's just a sensationalized woodcut fucking meme. It's ju- it's literally an internet meme, right? Like it's a picture of crazy shit and then words that are supposed to do something to you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now a broadsheet in the 16th century was literally a newspaper. That's Bill Burns' PhD, by the way. <laughs> Fucking moron. What the, what the fuck is his PhD in anyway? Let's see. Burns earned a degree from New York University. In 1974, Burns earned a PhD in medieval literature. <laughs> huh. Wonderful. From New York University with a dissertation on Pierce Plow. And Burns earned a JD degree from Concord Law School, private online law school. What the fuck? That dude's a PhD in medieval literature? Broadsheets are literally a newspaper. Literally. I I fucking can't. I'm done. I'm out. My goose is cooked. Stick a fork in me. I'm done. Got a PhD saying that shit. What do we think about the high priestess? Fuck you, Bill Burns. The high priestess is able to look at something like the Nuremberg UFO thing and see all aspects Uh, of the story and make no determinations about what it is. To me, like, that's... It was sun dogs, but yeah, yeah. But was like, she, what it is yeah. beyond that? Yes, yes, yes. You know, yes. like not just like what it literally is, but but what it is as a symbol, as a story, like what function it serves. Yeah, she's able to receive, right? Right. Like, yeah, she's the female counterpoint or counterpart to the magician, mm-hmm. which is creating in the flow, and she's receiving the flow, right? The positive and negative currents of the two pillars, right? Yeah, um, yeah, and. Also the unconscious. Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense why it was interpreted the way it was in the the broadsheet. And it makes a lot of sense why it's interpreted that way, the way it is interpreted now. Yeah. Looking back, it makes complete and total fucking sense. Right. Yeah. That's just, that's, that's how things happen. I think it's cooler that it's an actual thing that... Like we Fuck have yeah. an explanation yeah, yeah, yeah. for, and it's because 100%. of ice prisms and reflections yeah. in the sky. Like that's fucking cool. It's dope as fuck. Yeah. yeah, it's really goddamn cool, and it's also like, because now there's a possibility that we could see one. Yeah, you know. I mean, dude, have you? I got I got to see the fucking total solar eclipse in 2017. Heck yeah! Saw in uh, we we were in Nashville at the time. Me and my girlfriend at the time. We were in Nashville. We drove up to a state park in Kentucky. Uh, there's like hardly anyone around us. We're in the middle of the woods, like by a lake or something. And uh, the total solar, what? that's the craziest goddamn thing I've ever seen in my life. Like one of the most visceral, like reality shattering experiences. I highly recommend you see a, sol- a total solar eclipse if you can. It is the most insane you will ever feel in your fucking life. It's like you have left the planet. Yeah. The temperature drops. The fucking nighttime uh, insects come out and shit. 
it turns totally night for 15 minutes or something. And the sun just turned this white fucking disc shooting plasma out. You could look at it and just see this monster up there. It was insane. Just pure white on black. It was the... Yeah. I need... Like, I need to see one again. That was amazing. It was otherworldly. It was something that shook me to my core, right? I can imagine seeing... Seeing that shit could shake you to your fucking core, especially if you're primed to be shook to your fucking core, as the people of Nuremberg were. And to me, like, that's, that's great. That's fucking nuts in its own way. I don't know. I find, I don't care about the fucking UFOs. I find the, the information shit way more interesting and just how Mm -hmm. the stories get told and shit. Yes. And like, just the mechanics of how these things keep fucking propagating themselves. I don't know. I feel like I'm the high priestess just kind of like watching it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like where the high priestess watching. That's another aspect of the card. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just between the pillars. Just between. Between. T- Big old salt and pepper. Guys, I think that's it for the Nuremberg. It's a good, good UCP, except it's not unidentified. We know what it was. Sun dogs. It was just a CP. Which I don't like that either. No, me neither. <laughs> that, gonna, that, that, we're not even gonna. I'm gonna you know that Chris that. Pratt wants to be known as CP now hmm. like why hmm i don't know about that i don't like it i don't like that either <laughs> hmm. okay all right no it's, <laughs> guys if you like what you do and you want to give back to the show support us help us do our shit you can join our patreon yep you will get bonus episodes and access to our private discord server starting at just five dollars a month and we love you for it maybe we'll start new year's off the new year off by finally doing shout outs Who's to say? We'll see how it goes. Also, we do have a emergency St. Germain reporting hotline. But we got to see if we have any. We are at a point where like, I almost feel like we need to do a fucking St. Germain recap episode just to. Because a lot of people it. probably just don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Well, you know what? We don't have any goddamn voicemails. Oh, we got, um, we have some voicemails. Okay. We have one. Oh, oh they didn't leave a voicemail. Damn. No, we don't have a voicemail. Oh. Shit. Guys, yeah, maybe he's hiding. Maybe he's sleeping. Maybe St. Germain's hibernating. One yeah. can only hope. One can only hope. Anyway, if you see the fucker, you call us at 774-495-0491. Apart from that, follow us on social media. Give us a rating review. We love you. Take, and tell us about your UFOs. Please do. Please. Take care. Peace. <laughs>